leaving your heart out to the Lord for input to what it was to happen. So that's where we are uh, at this time as we're working through Hebrews. Um, and we saw in those first couple of verses that it's just packed full of meaning uh, there. As we talked about Hebrews is uh, really, instead of being like a letter, like a lot of our New Testament uh, books are, uh, Hebrews is more of a sermon. Sermon, it starts out with a good introduction. Uh, and then the author of Hebrews jumps right in uh, to a topic that would have been very popular among Jewish people at that time um, and starts to clarify and clear up some things where there might have been uh, some misunderstandings or maybe some false teachings had crept in or maybe uh, they had some different views based on some other things that were outside of Scripture. And, and so the author of Hebrews is really bringing us back to, this is what the scripture says about this topic. Now, this is a topic that um, I would have said, you know, even as recent as 20 years ago, uh, I would have approached it a lot different, uh, because uh, we're talking about angels today. Um, I feel like maybe 20 years ago, uh, the bigger thing uh, would have been to make a defense more uh, saying we don't believe in the spiritual and all of that. It's not really real. Uh, we equate angels with fairy tales and that kind of thing. Whereas what I see today is a lot more of um, an interest in uh, angels and in uh, things that are not of our world. Um, and a lot of um, with that comes maybe some misconceptions, much like people that were receiving the sermon uh, might have had. And so, so with that, um, I want us to, to think about what do we think about angels and where do those thoughts come from? Are those thoughts shaped by scripture? Um, do we have Bible to back that up? Um, the things that we believe? Uh, are those thoughts based on experience? based on what we've been told of experiences of others. Uh, where do our thoughts on angels come from? Uh, here's a question for you. This was posed to me uh, recently. Uh, I'm just going to uh, tell you who asked me. Uh, Marjorie um, asked me this uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, she said, Wayne, do angels sing? Sing. Do they sing? Do they sing songs? probably would instantly go, well, of course they sing songs. Hark the herald angels sing, right? Like, we sing that song, and so therefore, obviously, the angels sing songs. To which we have to say, well, if Marjorie is asking this question, we know Marjorie knows her Bible. So maybe we should also ask this question. And so, places in the Bible that come to your mind when you think about, oh, well, that's where angels sing. The shepherds, right? Or that's, that's what it's about. Um, you know, when you actually read it, what it says is, and they said. It doesn't say that they sang. It says that they said. Um, another place that might come to mind is in Isaiah, where Isaiah is given the vision. 
position in the, in the heaven. He says, oh, I'm a man of unclean lips. And the angelic being comes over with a coal and touches his lips and said, I forgive your sin and all that. And then he goes into the scene uh, where uh, the angels are, are going back and forth over the throne, uh, saying to one another, proclaiming to one another, calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, uh, who's, uh, I've got the rest of right now. So we see these things, and we've taken all of those things that we see in Scripture that the angels say, and we've turned them into songs, and we sing those songs. But the question still remains, do angels sing? Right? And if you stick with me for the whole sermon, you'll find out the answer to that. say that to introduce the fact that, that maybe what we might have as preconceptions, even based on songs we love to sing, um, that we sing here in this church, uh, maybe we need to be challenged by what does Scripture actually say about angels? What should we um, understand about them uh, from Scripture? Now, I want to warn you uh, that the Bible talks about um, here in Christianity and in your approach to the Bible. Praising God and bringing glory to His name, uh, which is a major act of service to God. 
angels are referred to by different titles in Scripture. They're referred to as uh, holy ones, uh, spirits, watchers, thrones, dominions, principalities, authorities. Um, and an important one for our passage today to keep in mind is that they are referred to as sons of God. Uh, so just tuck that away for later. Number four, the heavenly realm. Uh, in the heavenly realm, there are different types of creatures who collectively can be referred to as angels. Okay? Um, and so we see in Scripture, uh, like the, the cherubim uh, are referred to, and these are, are angelic beings uh, that after Adam and Eve sinned and they were cast out of the garden, uh, God sent down a cherubim to guard uh, the garden so they could not return to the tree of life. Um, uh, God's also, in another passage of Scripture, God's also said to travel around on a chariot
Number seven, there's a group of angels who rebelled against God. This is uh, Satan.
It's on the title. And Paul says, let that be a curse. And I am concerned for you that before God, you are cursed for teaching the truth. And I, I think they heard me. I think they were both in a place of love and being prepared for them. Um, they did not return anymore after I uh, talked about this further. Show up and they say, Do not be afraid. 
That's always the first thing they say, because why? They're frightening. There was nobody there, now there's this big warrior. Alright? And so, angels are frightful always starting things. And so, for today's passage. Um, and I just thought we really need to understand who the angels are before we can understand what Hebrews is saying about the relationship between angels and Jesus. Okay? And so now that we have that kind of background, that foundation to look at, at angels, now let's look at the comparison that the author of Hebrews makes between saw earlier here, we're going to see again lower here, 
is that Jesus created everything. So if Jesus is the creator of everything, and all things were created through him, we saw last week all things hold together in him, if he's the creator of everything, how did he do that and then thousands of years later be born? Let all God 
worship before you. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds as measures of Jesus comes into the world, what is God declaring? Angels worshiping. What are the angels created for? The angels are created for worshiping God. And God the Father is saying, worship Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is God. And so he's saying, angels worship me. Some of you are saying right here, you're saying, look, look, I'm still stuck on that new angel sing thing. And it says, let God's angels worship him, right? Worship is much more. We can worship God with words, with sayings, with statements, with reading His word, with so many different ways uh, beyond the singing.
verse 10. And you, Lord, lay the foundation of the earth. The heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish. You remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. But the garment, they will be changed. But you are the same. And your your years will have no Jesus, he created it all, he made it all, um, and all of it we see, all of this is ultimately going to pass away. Ultimately, it's going to be destroyed. We're being good stewards of the earth, and we say no. But in protecting the earth, is your neighbor more like spoiling the word and burning the thing? And so, I just say that to say that Jesus is is going to last beyond Jesus created it all, including the angels. Verse 13. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand and until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Um, I was playing with my father to teach us See in scripture when the, when the angels are laying in God's throne. They're moving around, they're worshiping, they're serving, they're bringing glory and honor, they're pointing things towards the throne, pointing towards God, pointing others to Jesus. They look, look, look here, here, here. This is what's awesome, this is what's great. But they're not sitting. In fact, I can only think of one place in scripture where an angel sits. Thank you. 
numbers of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, Blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. And the mighty worship team would come up in perfect worship. Dear Jesus, we want to worship you because you are worthy. Lord, we are intrigued by angels, we're intrigued by that which we can't fully understand. We, we, we're intrigued by that which has some mystery to it. But Lord, what we see ultimately is that we're not to worship angels. We're not.